Welcome back to Unfiltered Faith Podcast with Meredith and Strauss. And today we have a very special guest. This is Ben Corson. You guys, he is amazing. He is the best-selling author of book Optimist Fits. He's the founder of Hope Generation and the senior pastor at ACF. And what's crazy, and we'll let Ben say hi. Say hi, Ben. <laughs> hi, guys. Thank you for thank you for having me. I'm really stoked. Was that was that a good intro? I was trying to like no, I, I, I was like was reading nice. your bio. That was actually you sound super professional. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, that was no, cool. that was cool. So basically, um, Ben and I met a few years ago. It was probably 2018. Was it 2018 or 2017? Might have been. So 20. I'm pretty sure we met two, three years ago. Yes. Two and a half, two years, three years ago, something like that. At a spa in Glen Ivy, the Glen Ivy Spa. Which, and- if, if your listeners haven't gone, they have to. If you want to experience a little utopian heaven on earth, then go to Glen Ivy. It's amazing. It's probably closed right now, but. Oh, yeah, know, that's it's probably not the healthiest thing to do in quarantine. Unless people are listening to this in like 2023, you know, then yeah, maybe it will be I, open. <laughs> I was in this mud, mud bath and I hear this woman's voice behind me say, are you Meredith? And I turn around and I see Cambria Joy. And I immediately recognized her because I grew up watching her videos and I love her. And so we started talking and as we're all leaving the spa, we're, we're all just kind of getting to know each other. And I followed Ben on Instagram. Um, so I met Ben at this spa and then through Ben, I met this family, the Ermans, and that's how I met Anastasia. And yeah. it's like crazy because if I had never met Ben, I would have never met my co-host. Yeah. <laughs> what? So basically, basically, I'm responsible for your podcast. Basically, thank you, Ben. <laughs> ben is just Ben is just amazing, guys. Like, please, please go follow his his Instagram, his YouTube. Ben, I love your YouTube channel. Like, I remember when I first started walking with the Lord again. I would listen to your sermons and I was gaining so much knowledge. You just have so much wisdom and I'm so thankful that the Lord has blessed you and you've obviously worked so hard and you've studied and you've just done so much research, but you have, you've just been blessed by the Lord with just this amazing yes. amount of knowledge. And so I'm just so thankful that our generation has someone like you to really shed light on so many subjects and topics that people are afraid to talk about and that people just don't know a lot about so we're just so well, great coming from the youtube queen herself that means a ton so oh, thank you thanks I, I love you guys too i'm so glad that you're doing this and that you guys are using your your amazing personalities and platforms to just spread the message of the kingdom of god our generation needs it so much so um i'm i'm really really pumped not just like mutual fangirling but i'm i'm serious like i really mean this you guys are crushing it Thanks, Ben. I, I'm, we're excited. I think, especially in times like this, I think God is building his like warriors, like his army of people that are going to be that light in this dark time, because as we see it get darker, um, us, the, the believers and the children of God, we're that light. We're that light that is, is that shining hope. in the world. Yeah. And, and Jesus is our hope. And so for us to show that Jesus is the hope and people ask like, mm-hmm. well, how do you have peace during this time? How are you so like at peace and have this joy and comfort it's like well we're pointing to jesus because that is our he is our hope you know 100 percent. i like how you said like we're light in a dark time what's mm-hmm. crazy is science like, like jesus said you're the light of the world and scientifically here's what's crazy did you know that humans literally are the light of the world like when it comes to the energy quanta of photons we're we actually emit a glow due to metabolic reactions within our physiological constitution which is just a scientific way of saying 
that our bodies literally glow. We're bioluminescent. The problem is the naked eye um, can't register this glow because our body's glow is 1,000 times weaker than the naked eye can actually assimilate. So when Jesus said, you're the light of the world, thousands of years later, scientists are saying, yes, that's actually true. You're the light of the world. So I think like even when we don't feel like we're the light of the world, we can live up to who we already are, knowing mm -hmm. that this is like literally inbred, inbuilt, intrinsically and inherently into our very identity. And what, what's also cool about that whole light scenario that you're painting, like Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, like a city, a, a luminescent city of light is a lot of times I talk to people who are going through a lot of depression or suicide ideation or body image issues or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. I always like to tell people light, there is always light, even if you can't see it. So scientists mm -hmm. are now telling us astrophysically that there is light in every square inch of the universe, even in black holes, black holes don't destroy light. They just trap light. So basically um, there are, there are 4 million photons per square meter uh, photons are energy quanta that make up light. So oh. there's actually light your eyes can't see, like infrared, ultraviolet. So yeah. a lot of the light around us, we actually can't see. And that's really how it works in our faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and yeah. not by sight. Mm -hmm. So even if you can't see the light, doesn't mean it's not there. And in these really dark times of, you know, whether it's civil unrest or racism or COVID-19, coronavirus, panic due to the pandemic, crisis in the midst of the crisis, and he really is the light, even though we can't see him, that doesn't mean he's not there. That is so, so good. good. And it kind of, I love that you're bringing science into it because what I think a lot of people, I just watched this documentary about how the Bible and science go hand in hand. People always try to separate, well, like science pr like tells us this, so how can the Bible be true? And there's all these like contradicting ideas, but mm -hmm. the Bible, like science, in the Bible go together. And I think that that's such an important thing for people to kind of like study and research is because it so much is like true. Like, yeah. well, what, what, you, well, you know, what's wild, Meredith, a lot of people think this and am I pronouncing it right? Anastasia or Anastasia? I, I'm trying to pronounce Anastasia. it right. <laughs> Anastasia, because you have so many names. You have like Stas on Instagram and I don't know. I just, you, you have a very magical name. I will say that's a very <laughs> magical name. It's like, it's like you come out of the Disney tales or something. <laughs> <laughs> but what's I super cool a lot of things. in high school I used to be Annie but then I was like no I like Stoss better and I feel like I have like a lot of identities but I like Anastasia or Stoss for sure <laughs> heck yeah you're not gonna go with Annie when you have Anastasia that's like a thank fantasy you, realm you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're walking out of the Lord of the Rings or something but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah no it's it's crazy because a lot of people think in our day that science and the Bible contradict each other which you know you know the irony of that is it's not just that the Bible and science contradict each other. It's not just that that's not true. Did you know Christians invented the scientific method? So about 800 years ago, William of Ockham, you know, Ockham's razor and Roger yeah. Bacon, they were monks who invented science. In fact, did you know the universities Cambridge, Oxford, Yale, Harvard, and Princeton were all founded as Christian institutions meant to glorify God and train priests. So when people think, do I have to choose between God and science? That's like saying, do you have to choose between God and the Bible? They're one and the same. So mm -hmm. Christians so far, like historically, from being against the scientific method originally, were actually the ones who invented it. So I think that's really good because a lot of people in our day don't want to walk with God because they believe in the scientific method. I believe in science and science. I think science and spirituality are, are inextricably intertwined. 
And that really helps us to have not just like a wild faith, although we want that. It also helps us to have a reasonable and logical faith too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we want to talk to you a little bit about your testimony, because I remember when um, I first heard it and I think Anastasia might, you don't remember, you don't, have you ever heard Ben's testimony? Yeah. Um, so your testimony was that you were, cause I remember at Live Now, you were saying how you had 10 years of a depression and suicide. Is that yep. right? I believe people connect with our weaknesses. They, they might be impressed by our accomplishments, but they connect with our weaknesses. My brother was used to say, like, he used to say our scars become our stars. And I really believe that. So, um, yeah. So yeah, here, here's basically my story in a nutshell. Um, when I was two years old, I gave my life to the Lord. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I, or pardon me, when I was in third grade, I gave my first sermon. When I was 16 years old, I started, uh, I started a Bible study with my friends in Orange County where I lived. And then I would travel around and speak at 16 uh, and 17. And then when I was a senior in high school at 18, I became a pastor and started teaching at this mega church here in Oregon. And, um, and then uh, yeah, in my twenties, that's when I started this TV show and radio show called hope generation and YouTube and all that. But, uh, I think sometimes people and and you guys, as you guys are social media influencers, so you really know what this is like. Sometimes there can be this very beautiful exterior of things looking really, really fun on the outside, but they don't, they, they're not seeing what's happening behind the curtain. And for me, mm -hmm. um, my, like my, uh, I actually, my therapist said this, and I know that it sounds pretty like pretty intense off the top that I do have a therapist, but that's been hugely helpful for me is she told me, Ben, your life is one of either epic wins or epic losses. It's like either epic, amazing stuff or epic, terrible stuff. And there's not really any in between, like as the Navy SEAL say, anything worth doing is worth, is worth overdoing. And, um, and so, so anyway, you know, my family and my life, our, our story has been marked by a lot of trauma and tragedy and trial and trouble and tribulation. And, all this stuff. So basically my sister, when I was in first grade, uh, I remember I was pulled out of class by my principal and I went home. Uh, I was taken home and like the blinds were drawn and uh, it was really dark. And in fact, there might've been lamps on, but it seemed like the lamps were leaching light from the air rather than actually giving a glow to the air. That's how dark it, it felt. Like there was just this yeah. oppressive air in the room. And, um, and I found out that, that my sister had died in a car accident. And, and this might be like just my subconscious glossing over any bad stuff, but I literally never got in one fight with my sister that I can ever remember. Like we had this magical enchanted relationship. She, it's, it's really wild because my niece who I work with at church, um, mm -hmm. my niece is like, I think 19, 18 or 19. She's a lot like my sister Jessica was. And my sister Jessica died at 16 and what's, what's really crazy is the night before she passed away, um, she was joking with my family at the dinner table because my dad said, you know, Jessica, you need to date somebody or marry somebody who's godlier than you are. And then Jessica said, well, I'm going to be single the rest of my life because I'm the godliest person I know, you know, like she was <laughs> joking around. And then, and then the next day um, when she passed away in her car accident, uh, my brother, Peter John, delivered the news to my dad by saying, Jessica, she's found her man. She's found her man. So as the bride of Christ, she finally yeah. found someone godlier than she is. And uh, she's married to Jesus now. And they're having this marriage feast of the lamb, this wedding ceremony yeah. in heaven. And then, so my brother who delivered that news, um, he he died a little over a year ago of cancer. And 
I remember at his deathbed um, during his last two hours of life, me and my dad were sitting next to him and this song came on the radio that that was a song from the 90s called Take My Hand and Walk from a Christian band called The Cry, like really obscure subculture band. And and I started crying even more. My dad was crying too. And he said, Ben, do you know what song that is? And I said, that's the same song that played at my sister's memorial service. Oh my and, God. and it, it just happened to come on the radio. Like, what are the odds that a, that a random, not very well-known Christian 90s song would just come on the radio, shuffle yeah. on with nobody planning it? That was one of the last songs my brother heard. It was the same song that played at my sister Jessica's memorial service. And, um, and then my brother went home to be with the Lord. Yeah. And the song was Take My Hand and Walk. And somebody messaged me on Instagram after my, my brother went to heaven and said, your brother has graduated, like your brother graduated. And I just picture that song, Take My Hand and Walk, one of the last songs my brotherhood pl- heard pray- playing at my sister's memorial service. And I just picture with one hand, the Lord taking Jessica and walking her down the wedding aisle. She's found her man. And with the other hand, because Isaiah says he holds us with his hand, with his yeah. other hand, he takes Peter John down the graduation aisle and says, well done, good and faithful servant, like enter into the joy of the Lord by, by grace, like you've received this diploma diploma. And so now they're together in heaven. Um, and, but, but what's crazy about that is like, uh, and I won't go like, I won't, I don't want to like go be a sob story or anything, but basically I will say this, you know, my dad's first wife died in a car accident. Um, one of my good friends, Jared Wilson, a little over a year ago, he, he's a pastor in Orange County. I was literally talking to his family the day he died. He committed suicide. I, I have a guy who literally, this is true. He follows me. He, he looks at my travel schedule and he will, uh, he will call news stations and protest me. Like he'll literally call a news station and protest me and like has a sign and like tries to protest everywhere I go. Cause he's had a problem with my family ever since I was a little kid so like I literally have like a stalker who that's the devil that's the devil's work right there it's crazy so so he'll like stalk me around and it's pretty wild like he'll like protest to call news stations it's pretty pretty nutty he tried to get me off tv it's funny he's never succeeded but it's just it's crazy you go through stuff and then basically on top of that and sorry I'm talking really long but I'm glad you guys can edit where you want to edit but basically um and then, so I was, I was in an eight year relationship and, and got heartbroken, uh, in a romantic relationship that left me blindsided. Like I don't, I, maybe I have a very low EQ or something, but like, I did not see this coming. I just got train wrecked, heartbroken in this relationship and, uh, you know, have, you know, have had to deal with a lot of trust issues after that. But basically what I will say is this. Um, I got diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So it wasn't just like the regular kind, like the regular PTSD. I got diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress wow. disorder because of all this stuff that went on. Yeah. And so here, here's why I'm sharing that. I'm sharing that to say, God has healed my broken heart. God has given me hope. God has given me joy for the future. Like I can see a bolder horizon through this lens of joy. And, if, and this is what I tell everybody. If God could heal me, he can heal you. So no matter what you're going through, whoever is listening to this, if God could heal me and I got diagnosed with complex PTSD, I promise you he can heal you too. Because on your worst day with God, you're better off than on your best day without God. And I promise you, 
when you're going through your worst, God is planning his best. That's, That's so, good. so good. Oh my goodness. Wow. That, thank you for sharing that, Ben. And it paints such a beautiful picture, I think, too, because I think a lot of the times we, we don't seem to look at the bigger picture. Or we see our circumstance and we don't see and remember God's promises for us, but his promises, he, he will keep them. They'll never mm-hmm. come back void. So I think that you're just such a testimony to God's goodness. And, um, yeah, and I mean, if you, if you felt like you found the cure to HIV or you found the cure to cancer, like you would tell everybody about it. And so ah. I feel like I found the cure to depression. And I, I forgot to add that. I forgot to add that. Like, that's a good point that I went through 10 years where I was suicidal. I forgot to even add that. Like I would take, so, so I would take my friend's motorcycle. This is a true story. And I take his, his rocket. Um, it's, it's called a rocket. It's a, it's a ninja. And I would take his motorcycle and I didn't know how to ride it, but I wouldn't have a helmet on. And I would just ride it as fast as I could, like, like almost trying to court death. I remember I would go up to like this, the closest thing we have to a skyscraper in Medford is this parking garage or one of the closest things. And basically I would walk on the edge, like a lethal tightrope. And like, like if I fell, I could have met my death or I, one time I even took up a knife to kill myself and God, I'm so glad he stayed my hand. He stopped me. But after going through 10 years of suicidal depression and being healed of that, like if you got healed from AIDS or cancer, you would tell the world, like if I got healed from depression, God did that. Of course, I'm going to like tell everybody about it. So that's why everything I do is it comes back to hope. Like everything I do keeps coming back to hope because uh, suicide was the second leading cause of death in our age group. Uh, in 2017, I mean, there are 123 suicides a day in America alone. Um, and it's antidepressants, just it's just increasing. I mean, yeah. people commit suicide once every 40 seconds. Once every 40 seconds, someone will commit suicide. So, so like, mm-hmm. my whole mission in life is very simple. It's very simple. It's just to give hope to the world. That's all I want to do. I just want to give hope to the world and give hope to broken hearts. And I'm telling you, God brought me through that. And you know what's funny? Um, it's funny because we all have the same friend group. A lot of our friends are the same. Yeah. I'll tell you this. My friends were some of the biggest instruments God used to get me out of depression. Like it wasn't long, deep conversations about like, you know, here's, here's Ben, here's my 10 step plan for you to get out of this. Or it wasn't, it wasn't even getting on our knees together and praying. It was, it was actually just like skating, (laughs) you know, like, I know that sounds so funny, just showing me that life could be fun again. You know how the Ermans are like when Cameron gives a sermon, he'll literally be crawling on the ground, like while he's preaching. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a slug crawling on the ground and like Sean going to Hawaii with me and just sending it. That was really, really influential in showing me that fun is Mm -hmm. fundamental and like fun ventures with God and squad is where a lot of joy is had. And sometimes I think like getting out of our head and getting into our heart is a good move. Yeah, well, because God created us to to fellowship and and have each other, and it's it's not good for man to be alone, and that's especially when the enemy likes to come in and and fill your head with with thoughts and just. You're right. It's crazy because Stoss and I definitely like we when we became friends, like we realized that we were going through a lot of the same things. Like I struggled with depression and then it also kind of manifested into an eating disorder. Um, and then Stoss has also struggled with depression and mm-hmm. we've been able to like Suicide, talk to each other about it. Yep. Wow. So Stoss, you went through that too. Yeah. So last year I went through some serious spiritual warfare. I opened up a little bit online about it, but I I had no idea what spiritual warfare was up until when my mom was like telling me everything and 
I just, I don't even know how I made it through school. Like I was just, it felt like a dark cloud came in over my mind and over everything. And the worst part was, was like, I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't like, I never experienced mental health before in my entire life. Up until last year, I was very confused. I just had very dark thoughts of like feeling worthless. Like I didn't want to shower. I didn't want to go to school. I, I skipped a whole week of school and exam because I didn't want to go. I don't even know how I passed school. I, I, w- I don't even know how to explain it to people sometimes. I'm like, I was just in a very, very dark place for about six months up until I felt like I woke up one day and I just felt the light kind of like, I just felt healed. And I don't even know how to explain anything but God that he just brought me out of this place of just utter darkness. And I just came out of it on the other side and my friends even saw the difference. Like I, I, I also had a friend Bailey that was with me during this dark time as well. And when I came out of it, she's like, you look like a completely different person. And I was like, I can only give credit to God because no, no flesh, no man can get me out of that, you know? So. Wow. Yeah. Because, because Stoss, I think I've hung out with you maybe three times or something. And every, every time I've been around you, you have so much joy and so much hope. It's it's crazy. I didn't realize you'd went through that. And Meredith, you're the same way. Like you have, you, you have this glow that emanates from you. But so how long was your depression time, Meredith? And how did you get out of it? Yeah. So, and we talked about this. I remember when we hung out, we were talking about, I was telling you about my story. And um, so I've struggled with this, I think, since I was actually very little. Um, and I just didn't understand. And I told my parents, I'm like, I, I just think I need to see a therapist. And I was so scared to go. I didn't want to open up to anyone. And I never went. Um, so I just kind of like repressed everything and kept it to myself. And it just built up over time. Um, these just really dark thoughts and and just because I was so like alone and I and I just didn't know who I was so once I like fell down this path of, of being around the wrong people and letting the influence of like the LA culture really get to me and I just went down this really bad path um it just started to get worse and then it manifested into an eating disorder because that was how I controlled like what I couldn't control around me and what I wasn't just giving to God, I was controlling myself in in the form of restricting food and over-exercising. And um, what happened was, is because it, it got so bad. And that's when I met you. I met you that day when I was probably at my lowest weight. And really? Was, so was that, that, so So when me and Cambria met you, that was at your lowest point? That was like my, I remember it was the darkest part of this whole yeah. thing. And I started to get into, um, and there's nothing wrong with like, enlightenment enlightenment and like obviously learning about crystals but I was I was putting my like faith in crystals and the power like thinking that those could heal me and those things could right right and I was just going down this like very different path than what I knew was right and um and when I met you it started to flip because I started to like really get back into walking with the Lord Um, but I started to see a therapist and, and I think it's, this is where I also want to talk about this because people, I I think sometimes think, well, Oh, like you don't, you know, taking antidepressants is bad or, you know, God doesn't want you to do that. But see, I took antidepressants for, I was on them for a few months. And I remember asking, I was like, what are your, what's your thought on antidepressants and should you be be beyond them? And I think it really just, it varies from person to person. And for me personally, like, I'm not sure if it was a combination of the antidepressants and starting to walk with the Lord, that could have been the combo that really started to help me. And, and that could be it. Or 
maybe I just, I don't know. Like, I really don't know because I started walking with the Lord and taking them at the same time. And I think, and I wasn't on them for that long. I was only on them for a few months and then I stopped and I don't even remember why I stopped, but I knew that I didn't want to be on them for too long because I, my dad was telling me stories of people that were just relying on them. And then once they got off of them, they just kind of spiraled and I just didn't want that for myself. And so I stopped them and I just trusted the Lord completely. And it was like, I'm just going to give you everything that I'm struggling with and, and it's no longer my burden to carry. And so I just completely gave it to God. And, um, yeah, and that was last, that was like two summers ago that I really started to step wow. in freedom and, and, and yeah, just freedom. Yeah. Because, because Meredith, ever since we've been friends, I've noticed like that just liberty and freedom yeah. uh, that, that God has given to you. And it seems like our whole friend group is about this same thing. Like we want to give people freedom, hope, and I, I've seen so many people get excited about the Lord through this whole group of people that's showing the world that life can be so fun. It can be so deep. It can be so joyful. And, mm -hmm. and when you walk with the Lord, when I, like, I believe that the meaning of life, like since we're, since we're going here, we might as well plumb the deeps. Like, I believe the meaning of life is to enjoy the joy of being enjoyed by God. Like, I believe that is our sole purpose is yep. just to go through life and say, my purpose today is to enjoy the joy of being enjoyed by God. Yep. There's this beautiful verse that says, God rejoices over you with singing. And the, the phrase in Greek is used of a spinning top, which means God's spinning and dancing over you. So, and, and he sings over you. Like, isn't that beautiful when God yeah. thinks about you? He's dancing and singing. That's how stoked he is about you. So he doesn't endure you, he enjoys you. And, and, and also, um, Meredith, back to your thing with, you know, the, the, the antidepressants and stuff, mm -hmm. what's really fascinating is there's a story uh, in the book of, of Acts. It's so wild where Paul the Apostle heals people in the story with his sweatbands and his aprons. It's just such a bizarre story. But yeah. basically, he heals people with his sweatbands and aprons as if he's transferring his healing powers into them like talisman or something. And the guy who wrote that, his name was Luke. And Luke, what he did for a living was he was a doctor. So a doctor, a medical ph physician, a scientific doctor, he was the one recording a miraculous healing. And I think a lot of people think, is it about the homeopathy of the East or the pharmacology of the West? Is it about like miracles or medicine? And in the Bible, it's actually about both. Oh. So for instance, like uh, Jesus, there's this story where he heals a guy by spitting in the dirt and then putting the spit and mud in the guy's eyes. And people are like, what's that about? Well, back in the first century, the Roman historian Tacitus writes about how the emperor of Vespasian healed a guy with his spit because they believed that spit was medicine. In fact, like if you get a paper cut today or you burn your finger on the stove, what's the first thing you tend to do? Like what's your first instinct? It's to put spit on it, to like put it in your mouth. And so they believe spit was medicine. So when Jesus miraculously healed the blind man in the story by using spit, it could be that he was putting a stamp of approval on medicine and saying yep. medicine and miracles can go hand in hand. Yep, I so totally. So I think that's that can't that can be for some people true with antidepressants and prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really that's good. good. <laughs> I just I'm sorry, but I don't know why I just thought of this, but when you said how like they you spit to heal the blind, when I got stung by a jellyfish, I was told to pee on myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I did, is that true? Did that yeah. work or no? I mean, I kind I remember doing it and I remember it like how old you? I was really young. Oh. But that's just a funny like remedy. Got stung by a jellyfish out of our friends. Wait, what? 
You know who else got stung by a jellyfish out of our friends? Who? Sean Ehrman. I was just <laughs> thinking of Sean. That's so funny. Okay, so we, me, me and Sean were in France, and we were filming, and we were and doing these, uh, these, the, these flips off of a off of a dilapidated building into the Mediterranean Sea, and Ooh. Sean gets stung by a jellyfish, and he comes out of the water. No joke, he's cracking up. He's just <laughs> cracking up. And I'm like, Sean, why are you laughing? You just got stung by a jellyfish. And he basically said something, something to the effect of, you know, if I only have an hour left to live, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life. And then sure enough, he was okay, like an hour later. But basically, what's so cool about that is the Bible actually says a merry heart does good like medicine. Mm-hmm. So, so even laughing and having joy, like science shows us that if you laugh 100 times, that has the same effect on your body as being on a rowing machine for 10 minutes or a stationary bike for 15 minutes. So you actually get like a stronger core by laughing. And so I just think like sometimes it's a matter of laughing with your friends or praying to God and then, and the jellyfish thing, you know, go the, the, the venom goes away, but other times it's no, you need to go to the doctor, you know, but both used by God, I think. That's so good. Wow. Oh my God. Do you like how I tied your jellyfish thing into yes. antidepressants right yeah, there? That's really good. Like, wow. How do you <laughs> <laughs> like, made it truthful. Oh my gosh. And you're so knowledgeable. Wow. Yeah, you like, really are. And we don't want to take any more of your time, but it was so good catching up with you. And um, wait, are you in Oregon right now? Yeah, I'm in Oregon, which is weird because when COVID's not happening um, every week or every other week, you're I'm in, in Southern California, but right now I'm, I've been stuck in, I haven't been in, to Southern California in like two or three weeks. So, um, yes, I'm in Southern Oregon. You guys, you guys all need to make a road trip. I'm telling yeah. you, you guys, you guys need to send a, send a group up here and you guys will love it. It's beautiful. We'll have to make a trip sometime. Very soon. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. And I want to say like, thank you for what you guys are doing in the world. You're, there's this phrase in the Bible that I love. It says the healing balm of Gilead. Like that's what you guys are. You're healing balm to the world. And like when I listen to you guys do your podcast, I'm so encouraged. Like it's a huge uplift for me. It like definitely puts pep in my step in the day and just has that encouragement, nourishment vibe about it. And I'm so, so thankful for what you guys are doing. I'm so thankful for our friendship. So please don't give up on this because it's affecting a lot of people. Thank you for that encouragement. Yeah, yeah we're definitely. Thank you for all that all that you do, Ben, with everything that you do. And we appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge and sharing just hope for everyone right now, especially. We'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep going. You know, since since we're on this mode of dust hurtling through a sunbeam at 67,000 miles per hour, we might as well change it while we're here. That's what I always say. Exactly. If we're here, if we're on this planet, we might as well change it. So thanks for having me, guys. Amen. Thank you, Ben. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.